Hello everyone and welcome to Femininity by Rachel V. I am your host Rachel V and I am a femininity embodiment expert and coach. This podcast was created to offer a safe place for women to express themselves, learn, master, and protect their feminine aura. My focus is feminine energy, but I do invite masculine energies and voices to be a part of the conversation. I mean, let's face it, masculine and feminine energies need each other. During this podcast, you will be entertained and schooled by myself and hand-picked guests. I believe it's my God's given gift to the world to show women how to operate highly in their feminine frequency. I hope you enjoy yourself here in this captivating atmosphere I've created for you and for me. Welcome to Femininity by Rachel V. Welcome back to Femininity by Rachel V. Tonight, it is going to be a special night for the films because I have Dre here. Dre Knight. Hello, Dre Knight. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, y'all, Dre is my brother, my friend. He is my best friend's husband. So if the fems can remember, I did an episode last week with my bestie, Tavian. And this is Tavian's other half. I made it. I made it to the big time. Dre, thank you for being here. <laughs> Dre is, listen, Dre is a busy, busy ass man, y'all. Yeah, I'm busy. It took a lot to get him here. <laughs> no, it didn't take, it didn't take that much. It I, took a I lot promise. of, it took a lot of scheduling to get you As, here, sir. When, when I found out that you were podcasting, I was down, man. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> come on, let's go. Dre, thank you for being here. First of all, y'all. Dre always have these long conversations with me and he just be digging in my shit. Like he'd be like, Rachel, you could do this, you could do that. And when I started this, when I told him my idea, he was like, Yes, I love it. I love it. It's amazing. You're amazing. You know how you talk. <laughs> do I have you I have you down? Yeah, that's pretty much me. Enthusiastic. I'm a I'm a fan of my friends, man. You know what I'm saying? Anytime you guys have an idea that I feel like I can also add value to, you know, by just sharing ideas with you. Man, hell yeah. Listen. I'm always going to be rooting for y'all. Say hi, Cookie. Cookie wanted to be in the mix. Cookie. What's up, Cook? Cook? Cookie wanted to be in the mix, guys. So, Dre, so this is my community. It's called Femininity by Rachel V. And here wow. we call the listeners Fems. What so, you, what do you call the men? We don't even have a name. You know what? We, Stupid men. Let's, let's come up with that. No, let's come. Let's let's come up with it now because I do have male listeners. So what what are we what are we calling you the know, men? I don't know if I want to be responsible. Let's let's come up with that. We we have name. the fems and we have 
the know. high values. Whoa. Can I, we call them high values? I, uh, you know, I don't want to be responsible. I'm going to let you and the community. Shay, can we take a vote? Name. What you think? Uh, Tavian? The pressure is on. High values. Hey, yo, Q, you see how I just got my way out of no? that? No? <laughs> no, Q? Okay, Q, what? What What we call them? What, what, what? Yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> We just yeah. we just call them men. Q said, "Okay, you got the it's the films and the men. And the men, the films and the men. Hey, how about that? Okay, so we're gonna call. And, and you, you're right. You're right. So you know the people I surround myself around, they are high value males. Sorry. These human males, <laughs> men, <laughs> amazing. You're right. You're right. Well, listen, me and Cookie, me and you, we only surround ourselves around high values, right? That's who we keep right the company of, right?" Right. Okay. Valued men. (laughs) Dre. So listen. Tell the men in the films who you are, what you do, what you've been doing, all of that. We want to know all of the amazing business, all of that stuff. Dive in. Okay. My name is Dre Knight. Um, I'm a musician. Um, I'm a creator. I'm a storyteller, and I enjoy making friends and creating the greatest memories I can with them. Uh, that's pretty much it. No, that's not where you start. Uh-uh. <laughs> I make songs. I make songs. I love making songs. We want to know the list. Who uh, you work with. I, we want to okay. play some of Dre's music yeah. because Dre. Uh, let me. Let me. You know what? Let so me as just... a okay. So as a producer, <sighs> yes. as a producer, I've produced Frank Ocean, Nicki Minaj, BB Rexa. Um, K. Michelle, uh, Astro, it was Drake. It's it's been a long, a long list of artists that I've been fortunate enough to work with, and um, I'm even just as fortunate to be working today with all these new guys like Lover Boy TJ and Third World Don and Justin Love and Poppy Chu and it's a it's a it's a pretty pretty huge community. So, you know, we're talking about a 20-year window. Can any of that music we play now? Because, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, I want to, you, you know, I don't want to, I want to be able to play let's, it. Let's age, let's age myself, right? Let's, <laughs> let's really go there, right? Let's play um, Tierra Marie. Tierra right? Marie? Make her feel good. Featuring Kanye West. All right, let's, I'm a, I'm a pass. Let's start there. Let's see I'm a we, pass my boo thing the phone. Let's, let's go back down memory and have lane. her. And this we is, can all how how long can we that, play the this song? This is for, for the 35 and up crew. <laughs> well, that's all right. Well, no, this it's mostly everybody in, in well, the building. This is this is the, the what you were doing in 2005 crew. Right. Okay. Two, what was I doing in 2005? Yeah, 2005. 2005. We're talking ah. about 16 years ago. Damn. You know what I was doing in 2005? I was thinking about opening my salon in 2005. You, look at that. Look at that. that that's a long Rachel, time ago. Rachel, when you was thinking about opening that salon, I had one of the hottest records out in the summer. And I ain't even know it. You ain't even know it. I ain't even know it. Look at that, man. <laughs> <laughs> But but I mean at least you guys knew. All right, so Tierra we don't, and Kanye. Yeah, That's we definitely really know me. I'm, definitely knew it. Let's play. Let's play a little snippet pip of her song. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh. Introducing newest acquisition. I actually did the remix with Kanye on it. We can play this one. Young princess of the rock. Yeah. 
ass up. All right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's busy. Come on. So actually, the co-stars produced this version of it, and I did the remix that had Kanye West on it. Okay. And it was bugged out because I, you know, like I went from ashy to classy in a mm-hmm. matter of five days. What? Yeah. That. So I, I so I've been making music mm-hmm. for about thirty years. Right. Right. But I didn't get into the music industry. Until I was about 27 years old. But I spent a lifetime trying to get into the music industry. Uh-huh. So one day, in one of my daily trips to visit every record label in New York, mm-hmm. Shakir Stewart, who was a dear friend of mine, and he passed away, and rest in peace, Shakir. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave me the opportunity to produce the remix to Tierra Marie's single, Make Her Feel Good. And um, I got the opportunity on a Friday night. I had turned the record in on a Monday. It went through. They went crazy about it. They called me the next day and told me that Kanye was going to do it. And initially, I was really angry about it because, you know, Kanye produced everything at that time. He was the hottest producer in the world. And Mm -hmm. I was like, why does he need to take this opportunity away from me? And little did I know, it wasn't for him to produce it. It was for him to appear on it as an artist. And so I was able to have, you know, Tierra and Kanye and Jay-Z on my first record that went out. Damn. And then it came out literally five days after I, after I, after I produced it. So, you know, it, it was one of those, wow, like, you know. And what was, like, like, what was life like after that? Excuse me. Um, it was interesting. Uh, it, my life after it. When the record would play, because the record played so often on the radio, and the, you know my friends that knew I did it, and folks that knew I did it, every time I would come on, they would like look at me and, and look to see like, right, right. what to my see reaction what your would be. Yeah. And my reaction was always the same. I, I always said, "Turn that motherfucker up." <laughs> <laughs> I, I made, I produced that song in my mom's dining room, you know, and um, yeah, I, I didn't have any money at all. Wait, man, wait, wait, wait. Did I, what'd you say? Yeah, I, I produced that song in my mom's dining room. I, I converted my mother's dining room into a recording studio. I just had all my equipment in there, and I was determined to make this work. And I discovered a, a young Stacy Barth during this period. And, um, you know, shout out to Stacy. She's gone on to write for Beyonce and Rihanna and, so many other artists. And, you know, we started right there in my mom's dining room. And that was where I did that song. So to go from that to hearing that song on the radio every day was really mind-blowing. And um, it, it really made me believe that anything was possible. I didn't understand or know how the financial component was going to work out. But I knew that I was on to something because I knew if I had done it once, I could do it twice. And I could continue Absolutely. That... 27, making a record in your mom's kitchen, pretty much the kitchen. Pretty much. In New York. Yeah. And, and the technology wasn't what it is today. This is back no. in 2005. No. Right? So, you know, I was, um, it, music was my, was my salvation. It was my refuge. It was, 
it was the way that I was going to make it out of the environment that, um, that I came from. And the environment that I came from wasn't nothing to sneeze at, you know what I'm saying? And I, I always fantasized about, you know, a couple of things. A, being able to um, do what I love to do for a living. The, the second thing was to make it out of the situation that I was born into. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing was to um, find my mother to meet my biological mother so I could, you know, piece together my identity. That was actually my entire, like, like just thing. Music was going to be the vehicle that allowed me to do these three things. And it did. It allowed me to do each one of those things. Wow. So, Femmes, I want you guys to understand, you guys, you ladies, to understand why I felt it was important to have Dre on the podcast. Dre is one of the most amazing minds that I am blessed to have a conversation with on a daily basis, right? But Dre is also married to my bestie, and they have the most magical relationship. And not only do Dre understand the minds of men, he also understands the minds of women also. And I have been able to have so many conversations, um, you know, throughout the years with Dre about, you know, different situations and my own uh, past marriage and, you know, past situation. And he has been able to be a solid person for me to sit and talk to and get a better understanding of what may be going on and what's happening. So Dre is like a counselor. In short terms. That's crazy. I'm like this hood counselor. <laughs> in short terms, Dre is count, a counselor. You know, it's, it, I, I've tried every single shortcut. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, I've done, like, I, I did, man. I, I tried it. And I just kept bumping my head. So I just came to really just start living under three specific set of principles and that was just I would align myself with people that shared the same values as me mm-hmm. the second thing that I would do is I would find people that had extraordinary skill sets mm-hmm. so like I can depend on them to be elite at a specific thing that would also complement my skills and then I would also look for people that have a certain set of abilities so when it comes down to just dealing with relationships and it's not just romantic relationships, it's like anything. It's just, we just, at the end of the day, we just all people, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, we all just people searching for feelings. I mean, just think about it. Like each one of us have a goal, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes that goal moves and sometimes we just going through the journey for the first time and shit is just coming at us. You know what I'm saying? And we reacting on the information that we have and, pretty much what we were taught but then we got to look back at our teachers and say you know damn like I, why do I see the world this way so it's is say it, that again it's, yeah it, it looking goes, at your teachers yeah you gotta you gotta look at your teachers and look at their life but this is what I did I, I looked at my teachers and I looked at their life and I just asked myself is that the life that I want to live because this is what worked for them 
And I started to understand that, yo, you know, there's certain things that they're not capable of teaching because my goal is different than theirs. I'm not here to be them. I'm here to be me. And so now, you know, for, for me to go, go about it, I had to step outside my box and go on a journey. Like, I'm, I'm from Flatbush, Brooklyn, New York. Like, there's not much that's expected of me, period, especially as an adopted kid. You know what I'm saying? So I had a different type of... Um, type of start and I was inspired by that I, I did I never felt as if that was um that that was something that was negative I always I always enjoyed that because you know what I'm saying like I was always underestimated I've always been underestimated all my life I, I, I never minded it and matter of fact it kind of kept me safe mm-hmm. because I don't have to come out and you know what I'm saying say nothing because y'all already counted me out so should I I could easily win this <laughs> I always said you know I, I, I was telling um, my artist lover boy TJ I said you know this is the only it's the only free pass we gonna get this first single that we dropped mm-hmm. after that now we have expectations right now there's no expectations cause they you know nobody, nobody cares right now so Dre I want you to start because this this is gonna be one of my longest interviews because Dre has so much in him <laughs> that is so interesting and I Sorry. just love <laughs> look at Tavia. <TV. laughs> <laughs> I just love I love his story. Dre, tell it we're gonna keep it short though. Tell us from New York to LA to Miami. Yeah. Try to keep it. I I mean, you know, I'll I'll surmise it. I um I want it to be magical though, just magical like you. I'm sorry I got you this. Make it magical. Yo, as, yo, you what? Me t- the the whole the the flyest shit about this whole thing is that you enjoy the story. So it's like, yo, you enjoy a story that I actually lived. Like I actually did this shit. Wow, man! Like, is is this? It, it, yeah, shout out the cookie. It cookie. just like it just like drives home the point. Like, like I've come a long fucking way. Right, right, <laughs> Holy right, shit. right. You know what cookie, I'm saying? Like, cookie, stop! I'm, I'm, wow. Stop, cookie. Stop, stop. I'm sorry. Dre, continue. Um, she's all bark and no bite. Yo, let's see. Okay, um, and yo, so in the beginning. Uh, I found out that I was adopted when I was five. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's that uh, yo, my mom's is my mom's is dope, man. She uh, she was like a real stickler, uh, stickler, stickler, yeah, stickler, stickler. <laughs> <laughs> on my education mm-hmm. from a very young age. So by the time I was three years old, I was reading, mm-hmm. right? And by the time I was five years old, I was memorizing books. So I would literally read and then I would memorize everything I had just read. Okay. And so she started entering me and then the school kindergarten I was in, they started putting me in storytelling contests. So as, as a small child, I would be on stage in front of like two, 300 people and I'm reciting a book. I'm telling a story and I'm competing against other kids. That's like eight, nine, 10 years old and I'm smoking them. They can't fuck with me. Nobody could tell the story better than me. And that's I was doing that when I was five. When you was five? Yeah. I believe it. So, so I mean, I'm just going... It's, I, I'm going to share this shit with you because it's some real shit. I used to go on the train in New York, and I used to read everything 
all the billboards, I would read them shits out loud. I was five years old. Mm-hmm. People would look at me like I was bug, like I was bugging. Like it was like, how, how can you do that shit? Because mm-hmm. I was. I was a kid, mm-hmm. and my moms would sit with me, and she'd be like, "Now read all that shit." And I read, all, I read everything. Mm-hmm. I love to read. I love to learn some new shit. You know what I'm saying? All right, so I'm a Leo. I'm a Leo. <laughs> Roar, right? <laughs> so I love the tension. All right, so I always want. So, but I was always kind of underestimated and counted out, even mm-hmm. as you know what I'm saying. Like this is bugged out. I I never thought about it until I got older. Anyway, so. When I was in the first grade, we had a school play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they didn't have a role for me. So you know what they had me do? They had me wear a tuxedo and a top hat, and I just gave the announcement. I just said, good morning, parents, teachers. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shit like that. <laughs> Yo, I completely turned that into a movie. You did. What? <laughs> I, was, I was Britain on steroids. Britain. If y'all don't know, Britain is my son. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, I was him on steroids. I danced, I performed, I break dance, I did everything. You know what I'm saying? I stole the show, bro. You stole the show. I stole the whole shit. Yes. Ansel and Gretel ain't had shit on me. I stole that. <laughs> Shout out. Bro, real shit. By the, I love it. By the time I was nine, by the time I was nine, I was starring in The Wiz. Uh-huh. I was a 10 man in The Wiz. My cousin, the artist, the great shot stimuli, was the scarecrow, mm-hmm. right? Now, check this out. I'm very competitive. Uh-huh. We had to audition for roles. Michael Jackson was a scarecrow in The Wiz in, in, in the movie. Mm-hmm. So we was complete. I wanted to be Mike too. You feel me? But Sha Stimula is a way better Mike than me. This nigga was Michael Jackson at nine <laughs> years old. This nigga had the Jerry Curl, the whole. I couldn't compete. You couldn't compete. And you know, Mike didn't really enunciate his words like that. But yo, my cousin Sha, he made out all them words Mike was saying. He had all that. So he beat me out. He got that shit. You know what I'm saying? And I was the tin man. Mm-hmm. So every day we was rehearsing in the fourth grade for six months, like eight hours a day. We in rehearsal for this play. The play is two hours long. Yo, I memorized all that dialogue. I, rem- I memorized everybody's lines and I had to memorize choreography and I had to memorize five songs. And a whole bunch of composition. Mm-hmm. So when I was at home at night, I'm listening back to the album, The Wiz. I was nine years old, didn't know I was studying Quincy Jones. Mm. I was memorizing all of this as a nine-year-old because I enjoyed acting and I enjoyed the whole creativity and working in collaboration, working with a group. That I just wanted to be great because I didn't want to let my friends down. I didn't want to be the the, the weak link on the team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I would go above and beyond in my preparation as a nine-year-old. So when I came to school, I was on point. So my shit was fresh. Your shit was fresh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I knew my songs. My shit was lit. So Your that, shit was fresh. So, so that was kind of like how I, how I lived my life. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was time for me to leave Brooklyn. I, 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 you know, I was I was terrified for my life. Yo, it was crazy in New York City when I was coming up, man. You know, what my, year was this? This was, you know, between, um, you know, the, or the 90s, between like 1990, 1996. You know what I mean? Like, shit was just messed up, man. Like. My friends was dying, you know what I'm saying? I had, I, I had situations where, you know, if if I had stepped a little bit to the left, I could have been in some shit, a little bit yeah. to the right. You know, I didn't want to live like that. And I didn't want to be a victim, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was never really no fight. I didn't want to get in no problems with nobody. I don't want no problems. I just want to chill, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But I knew that I, I 
wouldn't be able to survive this environment with that with that type of you know what I'm saying like just movement. So I joined the Marine Corps because I was like, yo, if I'm gonna learn learn something, I'm gonna learn how to kill. I'm gonna learn how to kill. Yeah. <laughs> so I went in the Marines, and everybody was surprised. And I mean, when I went in the Marine Corps, you have to have a job, but your first job is to be a rifleman. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you got to go through that training. That shit ain't no joke. And then after you're done with the training, you got to go back for combat training. So my my experience was was some real shit. By the time I was 19 years old, I had all that street shit that I learned and all that you know my my creativity that was that was coming to age. And, and now you add this discipline with with these new set of skills, and then I come out of that eventually, and I take all of that and put into music, and then I just went as hard as I possibly could. Just wanted to be great at something. You know what I'm saying? And I just wanted the respect. I wanted the respect of my peers. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wanted to work with people that I admired. And I wanted to um, I wanted to see places that I never would have ordinarily seen. And so I did you all moved that, to L.A.? Man. Did that shit. It took me to Toronto, then Barbados, and then I went to L.A., you know. And, and how was that? Like, what, like, you just went. Like, amazing, what happened? Man. Tell I, me. I want to know. What happened? So I was, um, I was flat broke. I was going through it. I was laying in the room that I grew up in and I didn't know where my career was going to go. And I had a friend named Don Palmer. He called me and um, he invited me out to Malibu to help him in running this new company. And so I I went from, and and this happened like in a matter of three or four days. And then, you know what I'm saying? That opportunity allowed me to bring Tish, Tish Hyman to LA with me. And, um, you know, we never looked back, even though that company didn't um, continue. it, it, It allowed me, to go back to LA and to really, to really just, you know, pay my, pay my dues and then earn my stripes and work with some of the most talented people like on the planet. You know what I'm saying? Like Los Angeles is, is a creative playground. It's, it's, it's the best place in the world for me. Like I consider LA home just as much as I consider New York home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because um, I laid a lot of musical roots there and I grew so much you know, in L.A., and then I met my wife in L.A., so, you know, I, that, that place is always going to have sentimental value to me. So, Dre, um, I know that you you absolutely love L.A. When I met you, what, five years ago, yeah. um, I remember you saying to me, I would never leave L.A. Never. Before we talk about you actually leaving L.A., I want to talk about the woman. Yeah, yeah. She's... She's Let's everything. talk about the woman. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Because yeah. the woman, this is this is like your 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 first actual love of your life. Yeah. She's the love of your life. She is. She's definitely that. Let's talk about her. Man. The first time you saw her. Yo, it was um it was bugged out because it's it's kind of like I I was like there she go. I I looked at her like yo where the hell you been? I'm like yo there you go come here real quick. Me. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then I realized that the shit was all in my head, and I was like yo I know I only have a I only have a short window, you know what I'm saying to let her know who I am, mm-hmm. because yo I know who she is, and I and I just knew it's I just knew that I was like yo that's her that's they go my wife, and so when she sat down. I just told her, I was like, I remember I, 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 I said, um, she asked me what my name was. 
And I told her my name was Sonny. <laughs> yeah, so Sonny, Sonny is my nickname, you know what I mean, that I used to use when I was on some fuck shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like this, like there is no future. If, it, if it's, you get there, Sonny. There's no future with Sonny. If you get Sonny, there's no future. Sonny is a short term. Okay. Okay. Right. So I said, yo, my name is Sonny. And then I said, I said, what's your name? She told me her name was Baby. So okay. I was like, all right, we, so we on the same type of time. That's <laughs> 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 right. I'm like, all right. So, you know what I mean? I was like, I said, I said, I said, where you from? She said, I'm from where you from. I'm like, oh shit, this is a grown ass woman. You know what I mean? I'm looking at her and I'm like, yo, this is a grown ass woman. Like, like none of that bullshit is gonna fly. The thing was, I had I had come out of a relationship where I had learned so much about shit that I wasn't doing right that I didn't know was something I was supposed to have been doing right. Okay. I had I had figured it out. It's like, yo, I was I was on I was on a different type of time. I was like, yo, fuck this chick. She, you know what I'm saying, did me dirty and everything else. And then, you know what I mean? I decided to un to unpack it for real. And I think a lot of men don't do this. This is some real shit. We don't do this. We don't unpack the shit to see like, all right, well, what's the root of, of the problem? Mm-hmm. Because at one point, we liked each other. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. right, right, right. At, at one point, we really liked each other. So, so what was it that went wrong? And what, I, and what I learned was that, yo, I wasn't where I needed to be for the type of woman that I wanted. Okay. You feel me? It was like, yo, this woman is like out of my league. But she's only out of my league because I haven't put myself in position to live up to that to that standard or that quality of, of world that this woman wants to live in. Well, she's entitled to. Mm-hmm. Everybody got dreams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody got the right to like want what they want. And I can't have sour grapes because I couldn't live up to that. But I knew... I just, and, I, and I said this to myself. I said, yo, if I'm fortunate enough to find love again, I know exactly what to do. I, I could, because I was like, yo, I fixed the problem, the, the problem of me. Mm-hmm. See, the thing, the thing about it was I wanted to be like in a team. I wanted to, be a, I wanted to create a team. I didn't want to have two individuals just kind of less like going through the motions. Mm-hmm. I had already committed to this idea prior to meeting Tay. Mm-hmm. When I saw Tay, she had looked the part to me. She looked exactly how I envisioned her to look. Mm-hmm. And then when I spoke to her and her candor and her sarcasm and her wit and her humor and her comedic timing and all that shit, I was like, yo, this is a match made in heaven. And she's a Gemini. I'm a Leo. So our conversation was so free-flowing, it, it was like it was scripted. You would have thought that our chemistry was just unmatched from the moment that, that we spoke to one another. So, you know, I told her, I, you know, I said, yo, you know, you, sh- you should know me. She said, why should I know you? I said, because you're going to be my girl. You're going to love it. <laughs> I said, I said, yo, straight up. You're going to be my girl. You're going to love it. And I put my phone out and I was like, yo, let me get your number real quick. And then she, she was like, nah, yo, put your phone away. If you want my number, you got to memorize it. I was like, yo, that's some fly shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, that's some fly shit. You know what I mean? 
But she ain't know I had like over 1,500 songs memorized. So pff, that shit ain't shit. That wasn't <laughs> nothing. She didn't know that you were reading she, she know the subway. Read, she ain't know I've been reading since age three. The whole subway. The whole shit. I've been memorizing <laughs> books since age five. So that wasn't nothing. <laughs> right. So she, she told me. This is the fly shit she did though. I mean, she, this, woman, this woman got a real, real keen sense of fly. Yo, she said the number twice. And then she excused herself. And I didn't see her anymore. I texted her 45 minutes later. I was like, you want to have breakfast tonight in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Just like that, man. Just like that. You know what I'm saying? And you know what I mean? I've, I've, I've enjoyed. Man, I just enjoy her. You know what I'm saying? I enjoy everything about her. She's the coolest person I know. She makes me look. She makes every picture that I'm in with her look better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> she's 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 like my producer. You know what I mean? Because I, I told her. You know, I remember um, our first like after our first week, we had a conversation and um, we talked about the type of relationship that that we wanted. And I said, I said, you know, look, um, there's nothing more powerful in the world than the vibration of love. I said, yo. I'm going to love you as hard as I possibly can. I say, yo, I'm going to need you to love me as hard as you can. And I said, these are the rules of our relationship. I am responsible to inspire you to be the best version of yourself. You're responsible to inspire me to be the best version of myself. So if either one of us go off the track, before we point the finger at one another, we got to point the finger at ourselves and ask ourselves, Yo, what could I have done to inspire different behavior? What did I do to inspire that behavior? And if we could just maintain that shit, then we're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? Because we're not living for ourselves. We're living for one another. So I'm responsible for her mental health. I'm responsible for emotional health. I'm responsible for her physical health. She's responsible for mine. I can't see myself. I've never seen myself I've only seen myself in reflections and in photographs. You know what I'm saying? She sees me in real time, and she's invested in me, and I'm invested in her. You know what I'm saying? So it's fun, yo. You know what I'm saying? I think that, you know, in, in relationships, if we can get back to the team aspect of it and just understanding that it's together, like, yo, we can't do anything alone. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't make songs alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like every song I make has a set of musicians or a writer or somebody. You know, that's that's what makes it fucking dope because it's the the process in getting there. It's about the journey. It's about the memories created. You know what I'm saying? And then you you take that shit and then if you string a bunch of that together, you got a great life. Imagine looking back. You know what I'm saying? And you 75, 80 years old. You just looking back at what you did and all the friends you made and how much positive shit y'all did together, how much fun y'all had while y'all was doing it. And then y'all was able to take that and turn that into business. Come on, yo. What's what's a better life than that? I mean, it's you guys have you guys are a force. Just yeah. I've watched her and I've watched you grow yeah. so yeah, much. Absolutely. She's she's the inspiration behind everything that I've done because it's it's not about me. It's about we we have the same last name. We're family. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And 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 our legacy begins with us. This is what we're creating. You know what I'm saying? And 
we don't know what's what's in the future for us. Like nobody knows, but we know damn well that if we just stick to these set of principles and if we stay together, that anything is possible because I'm always plus one. I'm never alone. That's that's lit. And then we chose that. You know what I'm saying? We're not together by force. At the same time, too. You guys chose each other at the same time. Yeah, it's a a choice, man. You You guys was aligned. Best best move I made. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I I stare at her sometimes because I'm in awe of her. I'm in awe of her grace. She's so graceful. You know what I'm saying? She's feminine. Yeah, man. You know. (laughs) That, uh, yeah, she's everything. How important is... uh, yeah, I like that. that feminine quality to you, Dre? Um, I mean, I don't want no masculine chick. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. You don't. I mean, I just personally don't. It's just but you know, some, some people, you know, some people or like some women, too. they they lose that. I don't know if you, you know, um, they lose that from trauma, you know, from. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. I can tell you. I can, I can speak to. What um, what Tay brings to my life, mm-hmm. and her brand, you know, I guess so to speak, of femininity is um, she has Tay is a leader, mm-hmm. right? She and, and she's a very, very um, astute leader. She's patient, and um, she doesn't, she doesn't impose her will she makes suggestions Mm -hmm. and her suggestions are taken into consideration always because of the manner in which she delivers it that's important Uh, it's it's her it's her manner look there's a way to do everything right and you know there's an expression in basketball called kyp Mm-hmm. And that stands for know your personnel. And in a relationship, if you have an understanding of the person that you're with, you just know your personnel. You know your person. And then she plays to that. She understands. She knows what inspires me. She knows how to get what what needs to be done out. She knows how to inspire the feeling. She can trigger it at any time. It That comes from me allowing her to see me to me being completely vulnerable and trusting her, mm-hmm. which means she had to earn that from me. Mm-hmm. And same goes for her. How did she earn that from you? Um, by being consistent and not to just make it that broad, um, to be being present and, and being very, um, I want to say logical and, and rational mm-hmm. and understanding, understanding that, we are all different. We're all wired different. But if we can understand that, we can really enjoy that about one another. The differences is what makes life worth living, right? Because you have this variety of perspectives and upbringings, right? But I think the reason that Tavian and I work well together is because we come from the same time, from the same era. Oh, okay. So... You know, we watched the same television shows mm-hmm. growing up. We mm-hmm. listened to the same songs growing up. Mm-hmm. My favorite songs are her favorite songs, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Right? 
we grew up in cities that were close in proximity, not necessarily the same, but very similar in approach and our experience. We both had a vision to get out of where we were to get to greener pastures, so to <laughs> say, you know, whatever that means. But we wanted to experience, you know, a life that we could really be, be happy in. You know, we, we wanted the lives that we saw on TV too. I was chasing that dream. So you guys basically were at the same place same time, same dimension, yeah. same mindset. Right. At the same time. Yeah. I found my I found my person and you know, like, uh, I don't take that for granted because I understand like how I I know how hard it was for me to find the person that you know what I'm saying, like I just clicked with, I got along with, I could share an idea with somebody that was Excited about sharing ideas with me. Somebody that I thought ideas were great. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, look, not everybody has great ideas. You know what I mean? Just, right. You know, man. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so much more that goes, that goes into it because you spend so much time with this person. I mean, it's not about, it's not about all that superficial shit. It's about, it's about really growing, man. It's really about, about the quality of time you spend together, memories that you create. You know what I'm saying? And, she she and I have, have similar goals and aspirations. You know? So here we are. So Dre, um, I always love this story when you when you talk about Tavy and the way you describe her. Um, you know, even it was five years ago to ten, ten years later, I'm sure the story will be the same. Yeah. Can you tell the femmes was you looking when you when you met her and what you was looking uh, for? Um, was I looking, man? Um, yeah, I would say I would say I was looking. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was, you know, I was lonely. <laughs> I was lonely. I was, uh, yeah, I was lonely. I didn't want to keep doing the same thing. I didn't want to keep going on dates and all that shit it wasn't it wasn't fulfilling you know what I'm saying it was like it was whack so I was looking and um, there she was I knew exactly who she was when I saw her. it was like that's it the search is over finish <laughs> what is it that you like most about Tavian yo her free spirit her free spirit her open mind Sexy ass smile, sexy ass body, all that shit. Is there nothing? I I can't tell you what I like most about. I like all that shit. I take everything. I like all that shit. I take all of it. (laughs) All that shit. Box it up. Tell a film. I bought it by the pound. (laughs) (laughs) Bought it by the pound. (laughs) Tell the films because you know, obviously, everyone that's you know listening in and. Um, the women that are, they, you know, they want to take something, you know, home with them that they can, you oh, know, man. reflect on and take something home from and think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you think women can do to, um, you know, just improve? Like, oh, man, I look. it's like, you know, just men you. and women, what can we do to improve? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I definitely don't want to come across as some authoritarian. Right. What women should do about anything. I know. Look I at know her. Damn, Go ahead and get it out. I what you want to say, Tavian? Well good. You good. always say, like, you know, girls think, like, they don't have to do anything. Okay, let's talk about it. I'm not, I'm not going to say that because I don't know that. That may be what. I just know this. Together, we can do anything. All of that. Who got it worse? Look, man. All we got to do is stick together. And then nobody has it worse. It's man and woman. Not man versus woman. Like, yo, I, don't, I don't know how better way to put it. You know what I'm saying? Like, men take care of these women. Women. Take care of these men. Yo, it's cool. It's cool to be it's cool to be kind to a man, son. You know that? Like it's all right. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> yo, it's is, important it, to be nice. Yo, men, it's cool to be kind it's to cool women. It's cool to be nice son. to women. Like, it's, it's fucking awesome to be kind to women. Yo, Where do you think our society is going wrong? And the love I, department. It, all right. So you ready for this shit? You ready? You I, really listen, ready let's have it. I'm just sure. Yeah. Right. Let's do it. So what I believe is is the problem is just the information that we're given. You understand what I'm saying? Like, if, if yo, there are no songs on the radio about killing dogs. You realize that, right? No, right. it's not. And there's no songs on the radio about abusing children either. No. There's no songs about raping women. No. There was one song where Rick Ross made a reference to raping a woman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he lost his deal with Reebok. Okay. You knew that? Yeah, I did All hear right. about that. Mm-hmm. So there's no more songs on the radio about raping women. Okay. But every day, up and down the dial, 24 hours a day, I could hear songs about killing black men. That shit play on the radio all day, every day. Y'all make up dances to it. Y'all party yeah. to it. Y'all celebrate to it. Yeah. Celebrate to the demise of black young black men that look like my son and your son. Right. So it's 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 kinda like odd to me that, you know what I'm saying, in our culture, in our society, we have the overcriminalization of black men and then we have the hypersexualization of our black women. It's right. either you slinging dope or you on a pole. Right. But I don't see Ariana Grande going through none of that shit. And I'm just saying, like, yo, where's the white drug dealers that rap about, you know what I'm saying? Like, they there, killing, killing but we other, don't see it. Killing other white rappers. Like, where's, where's, that, where's that problem at? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and when I look at it, I'm like, well, it's obvious to me because it's, it's, one of, it's one of two reasons. Number one, it would feel like, yo, it's just not marketable. Or two, they feel like, then white people would be accused of acting black. And there we have the problem. So it's, it's a systemic problem. It's, it goes in a cycle. Because the way that in music, for a lot of black people, the way that you, you know what I'm saying, are able to attain any kind of like wealth, anything, it's like you operate in this environment. And if you are productive in mass producing this type of content, then, yo, you have the opportunity to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and so there goes the problem. So th- those songs are played mostly in communities of color, right? Mm-hmm. So now music is playing in the background of your life. So as you 
driving back and forth and shit. These songs are playing. So if you hearing all this murder shit all day or whatever about killing, killing black men, what you think gonna happen the first time like these young kids get into an altercation or some shit don't go their way? They triggered. This is like the manual. This shit is the soundtrack of their life. Mm-hmm. All day long. All day. And I think about it, yo, for that shit to go to their air, yo, somebody got to first make that shit. Like, yo, this is a good idea. We should make some shit like this. And then a company has to spend money into making sure that it gets to the air. <laughs> yo, it's bugged out, right? And it's a cycle that just goes on and on and on in every community. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, enough. I had enough of that shit. So anyway, a long, a long answer to your question, you know what I'm saying, is I believe that it begins there. Because people take people take those those images and take those take that content and then that becomes you know what I'm saying like they reality somehow you know what I yeah. mean like they they begin to look to live that because of the age that we're in mm-hmm. big tech social media and everything so you know the shit is like all in your face it's all like super accessible it is right? it is all in your face there's no filter it's to anything, no filter right so so now you have all these different perspectives on what's right and it's all determine on how the person how the subject sees the world mm-hmm. but it goes but then if you go back to their teachers if their teachers didn't couldn't see the world but from one dimension then what how they source an information mm-hmm. how are they interpreting these images see and and that's when the shit get real scary and i'm a producer so i, I look at I, I look at everything like how it's built and how it's created so that i can kind of like make decisions for my family like on some real shit because this entire world, yo, we in, we in, we in I'm so shape, mad, Dre. We we are almost on an Sorry. hour. Sorry, I'm so mad because there's so much more I want to get out Damn. of oh, you. Sorry, I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> I knew that this was gonna happen. I'm so mad. <laughs> I have these long ass answers. Listen, we gotta questions. come back. So how you we, doing? I tell you how I'm doing. Man, like, <laughs> it's cool because I, I I I love the conversation. Like I I, I love it all. Always, um, Dre. I want you to tell the fems, you know, what you're working on, um, you know, what you have going on, um, and I want you to come back because we have to do a part two to this one. Okay. Well, my wife, my wife Tavian, and I own a company called the Gem Factory, and um, it's a company we started during the pandemic that um, I use as an ecosystem. As a as a music producer, I decided to just divide, you know, everything that I did up into different compartments. So as a producer, you know, I own a studio, so I'm in the studio business. And as a producer, I own a production company. And then I did a um, I did a label deal with KMG Distribution. Um, I started a publishing company. I started a TV channel, a Roku TV, and um, I did a live stream deal with this company, Are You Live? So, so I would own every platform that you know i would p- put my products on products being songs do you remember i just thought of something Th- was it three years ago we were talking about that platform mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and we were talking about you were saying to me wow you know what you were saying to me rachel you really 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 need to be on tv do you remember me telling me that yes because I just you, thought about it just now when we were when you were just explaining everything that you're doing. Yeah, I I put 
I put it all together because I just looked at how business was structured. I looked at I looked at how the um, record labels that I had worked, I had worked, you know, mm-hmm. with um, how they were structured, and I was like, you know, that's not really difficult. This is just this is any this is just any business. This is like any other business in an industry. It, everything is done a certain way, mm-hmm. and you know, due to my experience in my relationships and the folks, the extraordinary people that I had become really close to, I was able to, you know, plug a lot of holes with personnel to fill gaps and then share my mission and then just carry out my strategy that was based on the same, the same strategy that I saw, you know, work for, for eons. As a producer, I was just privy to, you know, some of the inner workings. Um, and I, and I was always interested in, and how their business was done because people always try to steer me away from the business. They always told me that I wasn't any good at it. And when people tell me I'm not good at something, I take it really personally. And then I look to become so great at it that, you know what I'm saying, I light years ahead. And you out here lighting up these Miami streets. Yeah, man. I'm having fun. I like, I like this place. You are lighting Miami streets all the like, way up. This place is showing me a lot of love, man. Shout out to nah, everybody is. here, man. Like, like you know, they show me so much love. I haven't been on the East Coast in twelve years, so coming, coming. To, I hadn't, and I had never been to Miami until I got here last year. So when, um, I just wanted to just bring people together and share this, share this idea that you know, together we we can really like, you know, shake some shit up, and we all here, and we got these extraordinary talents and. Well, listen. Add mine to the table. I thank you for encouraging me. Of course, man. Always encouraging me and pushing me, you know, to just open up and just let my hair down and have these long conversations. I mean, what you going to wait for the next lifetime? I'm not going to wait for the next lifetime. I'm getting everything God want me to have in this lifetime. Yeah, love love as hard as you love, love. Love like a fool. Love like you've never been hurt before because, you know what I'm saying, you can't climb a mountain carrying a whole lot of baggage, man. This shit is impossible. It's impossible. You got to release all that shit, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all good. So, Dre, tell the fems and the men. (laughs) Fems and the men. Give them. I'm not going to say five because your answers are going to take us over. (laughs) It's going to take us over. Give us three, three things that they can take away for a healthy relationship, friendship, business. Oh, man. Um, keep love first. There's nothing in the world more powerful than the vibration of love. Be kind to one another. Um, be, uh, be thoughtful. That's three, right? Be thoughtful. Give me one more. <laughs> um, be passionate. Be passionate. Oh my God, man! Passion is everything, Rachel. No, without, it is. Without passion, there is nothing, man. You know what I'm saying? Like passion. Yo, passion can. Passion changes lives, man. Like yo, we're all here due to passion. You understand what I'm saying? Like our existence came from passion. Came from. Maybe moments of passion, maybe sometimes a prolonged period, but nonetheless, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, it's some bugged out shit. If you could just direct, if you could direct passionate energy 
to something that you really give a fuck about and you do that thing with somebody that you really give a fuck about and y'all are locked into that that goal my nigga the relationship is gonna work why gonna work them you gotta be passionate about that person you gotta be passionate about that thing whatever you think about in the morning whatever you think about at night you really do have to be passionate about it it can't be and motive it can't be about money it can't be about lust it has to be about all of it yeah let it be about all All that that shit shit. let it be like yo whatever your motivation is man like take that shit up to the next level man I'm saying be passionate be so passionate about it that that your partner passion go through the roof too man you know what i'm saying because that's how this shit get done yo money is made in the mind so many people be looking to attain wealth through somebody else's wealth no man money is made in the mind it's made through ideas you gotta find a person that got a brain you feel me it's jesus christ man like a fool and his money will often separate it you get a man that got got a mind that has the ability to learn some shit and the ability to comprehend it and then share it and that he's willing to share an idea with you that's the person that you know what i'm saying i would encourage a woman to um look to to share to, to you know i'm saying <laughs> rather than have some that's i mean just, you know they're just taking up space well you guys heard it you films heard it Thank you so much, Dre Knight. This was shit. This was like this was like uh, my my ultimate Prince interview. That's what I felt like. This was like a groove. Like I mean, <laughs> I felt like I was in like shit another time zone. This is like amazing. <laughs> Dre had his fire with him, you know. He had his drink with him. Bit of drink. He, and, I, and I don't drink, right? You don't drink. He gonna be nice. Tavian gonna be in for it today when they get home. Cause he feeling himself. She gonna she gonna try. Man. Wait, much right before you go. Tell us what you win, cause you look amazing. Yeah. Before you go, before you go, yeah, before you I'm go. Wearing a sweatsuit. No. You look great. Oh, you don't want to share no names. Okay, I got you. Femmes, thank you for another episode. I'll let you tell them what I'm wearing. He got on Burberry, so I see. It's nice, though. I love it. Um, And a Versace necklace. (laughs) Femmes, thank you so much for um, tuning in tonight for another episode of Femininity by Rachel V. I am your host, uh, Rachel V, and tonight, again, we had Dre Knight. This was an amazing interview. I felt like I was making a song or something. (laughs) Ladies, if you want to connect with me or you want to connect with Dre, of course, through Tavian, of course, um, you're going to text that number 305-614-1916. Again, it's getting raw and raunchy. About 
<laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Text that number two three zero five. Ideas for the things they were talking about in the last episode. It wasn't that. Text, text it was, those ideas. It was not. It's not text, none of your business. Text the nasty ideas. Three zero five six one four one nine one six. And you're gonna text. Oh my god! Facts. You stop, Dre. We gotta go. Reading all the text messages. <laughs> oh my god, he's so crazy. You know I me. Mean? Thank you, fellas, for being here. 